0: For for Paolo and Vic and for Josh and Helen who've dedicated their two sons. Uh, But also for everybody. Because what do you share in this kind of context, in this kind of service? Do you just take it down the line of how do you raise children? Well, there's some people who've never had children. There's some people who've way gone beyond raising children. So, you know, what do you share? Well, as I was just pondering and just waiting and just thinking of what I needed to share... I was just connecting something because over the last two weeks we've run a series here called Felt Need. Well, basically what that was, we decided that we want to go into the community and with a survey and poll them and just say, what are the challenges, what are the troubles, what are the difficulties that you're presently facing? Just list them. And so we did that in the church, we did it in, our, in the different contexts that we connect with people outside of there. And it was fascinating to see that people were really feeling need in the area of loneliness. People felt lonely. Not a surprise. The other big area that came up was trouble in the world. And of course, we did that before the trouble hit Paris. Trouble in the world. People trouble in people's worlds, personal worlds. And also there was a whole thing of relationships, broken relationships, fractured relationships, mending relationships. These were some of the things that people spoke about. And I was trying to think, well what is what can link all these things together? And I think there's one area that in all those things that can create need and trouble, and is often the root of trouble and need, is to do everybody do this? Our mouths. My mum used to say to me, Your mouth continues to get you into trouble. It was always this that got me in trouble. It was never this, it was always this. And let me tell you, it's always this that continues, if there's any trouble, to get me into trouble. I remember the old uh, school playground rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never, never hurt me. That is rubbish. It's complete rubbish. I know we say it to our kids, just get on with it and toughen up." And, but it's rubbish. So I wanted you to say, let you know that you know, I'm now 44. I was 10 when this happened, but one of my school teachers said something to me and wrote something on a school report, and I still can remember it word for word. And it wasn't positive. It was negative. And I had to work through some of that stuff over the years of what she said over me. You see, sticks and stones do hurt you. They hurt you internally. In, in fact, sometimes our words can maim, they can cut. They can even sometimes disable and even disfigure us. I want to just show you a Bible verse on, 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 the, uh, on the screen. And it's found in Proverbs in chapter 18 and verse 21. And he says this death. Everybody say death. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. This is what it says in another version translation. It says, "This words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what we're saying here, through our mouths, through our tongues, we can either speak death or life. We can either speak darkness." To someone or light. We can either speak sadness or we can speak joy. We can speak misery or we can speak laughter. In the middle of our faces, the Bible says we have incredible power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Negative words. That we speak over ourselves. Negative words that we speak over others. Negative words that we can speak over our kids. And they have the power to bring death or life. None of us here have ever mastered our tongues. And yet our tongues need mastering. Our mouths need mastering. I found this funny when I read this, when I was looking at it and studying it, because somebody wrote, there are two powers in this world. One is the sword and the other is the pen. Somebody said, the pen is mightier than the sword. There is a great competition and rivalry between the two. But there is a third power, stronger than both, that of the woman. (laughs) But seriously... Our words have incredible power. The pen, the communication, that's what he was basically saying, is more powerful than the sword. It's more powerful than the arm. Wars, uh, Wars have started as a result of our mouths. Marriages have failed as a result of our mouths. Children have been estranged from fathers and mothers because of their mouths and our mouths. Our mouths are incredibly powerful. You know, some people are so negative that when they die, they'll have to put free Wi-Fi on their gravestone so people will actually visit them. (laughs) Because their mouths have been so negative and have been so destructive. And they've not realized it, but they've done it to every relationship that they've been in. Paolo and Vic and Josh and Helen, I'm encouraging you to listen carefully to this message because you have great power over your sons. And you have the power to bring life or to bring death. You have power to bring light or darkness. You have power to bring misery and sadness or great joy and laughter all through what you speak. I understand our kids can frustrate us, but we have to guard our tongues very carefully, don't we? Because in that moment of frustration, we can say something that we will regret later and it's very difficult to draw those words back in church in our relationships that we have one with another i understand we can get agitated and annoyed with one another but it's so difficult have you ever been in that context where you've said something and immediately you're trying to grab the words back anybody know what i'm talking about as soon as you've said it you want to just grab it back but you've seen it is hit immediately into the heart and into the psyche of that person Proverbs 12 verse 18 says this, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Our tongues have power to bring healing and soothing and encouragement and help to people's lives. So we have to know that there is power in our tongues. The second thing I want to say is this, we have power to choose what we speak. You have the power to choose what you speak. It says in James in chapter 3, a careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation... And send the whole world up in smoke, and you go up in smoke with it. Just remain with that verse on the screen for a moment. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth. I mean, we all do it, don't we? But we see the caution from the writer of James by him saying, we have to be careful about what comes out of our mouths, because our speech can ruin the world. It can ruin the world in which you live. It can turn harmony into chaos. I know I have an ability to walk into a context and create chaos. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Because you might be like it. You just have that ability to say something. And Caroline will often say to me, why did you have to say that? We have to guard our words, we have to guard our tongues and sometimes we have to learn to say nothing the Bible says we should be slow to speak and quick to listen (laughs) we would all do well to listen to that great encouragement You see, we have power to choose what we speak, and we need to choose well. We hold the power. I was speaking to somebody only this week, and they were saying how they were just connecting with somebody from their world of many, many years ago. And this person was always effing and being, and I'm not talking about Frankie and Benny's. I'm talking about everything else that's coming out of their mouth. And they said to this person, who historically had always been somebody who was just Effing and being and everything else coming out of their mouth. They said to them, "We just can't believe that you, you don't swear anymore, or can't believe that you know you, there's just nothing vile coming out of your mouth." And this person began to tell them how, 11 years ago and beyond, they had an experience and an encounter with the Jesus that I spoke about earlier in the service. And he changed their lives. And he changed their hearts. And he changed their mouths. And even though at times they get angry, because they still will, we all do, but they don't go down the route where they used to go. You see, Jesus gives us the power to control our tongues. And we have power to choose what we speak. We have great power to bless, to encourage, to make big. One of the things I love about arena church over the years is that you're becoming much more confident in who you are you're becoming much more confident in what god's called you to be some of you have gone from timid into now being strong some of you are becoming entering into that state in which you are believing that you're as good as you actually are you know i always had this thing that some people don't believe they're as good as they are i'm not talking about creating big heads but just that whole sense of confidence in who they are. And I am so glad that we've got people who have gone from small lives into becoming bigger lives in Jesus' name. Because that's the gospel. The gospel always wants to lift people from, where? from smallness into largeness. He never wants to remain where we are. When God got a hold of my life, He was never just to keep me as I am. I never thought I'd be doing what I'd be doing. I never thought I'd be here amongst you great people. I never thought that God would use my life in the way that he's using it. But God always wants to take us and lift us up. And that is the power of words. I thank God for people over my journey who have spoken encouraging words to my heart. Who have encouraged me even when I've got it wrong. They've picked me up when I've fallen down because we all will. Can I get an amen in this place? That's what happens. And we have the power to choose what we speak. We need to be generous with our encouragement and stingy with our criticism. Often most people do the other way around. They're generous with their criticism and stingy with their encouragement. And I want to be a person. I'm encouraging you to be a person who speaks well. We don't badmouth one another. One of the journeys that I'm on very quickly is in the car. I did it again yesterday. I was mindful that I was speaking this morning, so I just said to the Lord, Lord, I'm really sorry. But there was a right clown on the road. I won't say the number plate of the car, but I know what it was, because if it was you, I'm really sorry. I really am sorry. But this clown, I just said, what a clown. (laughs) You might say, well, I want to say something with C, but it wasn't clown. I don't know, but what a cloud! and immediately I felt the Lord say to me you need to be careful what you're speaking over that person even though he couldn't hear me and immediately, genuinely it wasn't me going over the top I said sorry Lord because I need to control my tongue even as I speak in those environments you need to be careful what we speak and the third thing that I want to talk about and the last thing is this not only do we have power to choose what we speak and our words have incredible power but we need to choose to speak life I was impacted by this headline. The headline was this, When the best brings the worst, and the worst brings the best. You may be wondering, what is it talking about? What it was talking about was positive superlatives. It was using the word best, great, and excellent. And the headline was, These words don't appear to be compelling to readers. In fact, the opposite is true. And out of 65,000 people who were reviewed... They looked at the average click-through rate on a headline on the computer and they recognized and realized that negative headlines were a staggering 63% higher than that of their positive headline. What he was basically saying is we're a culture, we're a nation of negative negative headline um, attractors. We're attracted by the negative headlines. And yet if there's something positive there, we're not as interested to read it. I want to say and declare here at Arena Church and here from my life that I don't want to have a bias to gloom and to murk and to negativity because I want to keep God over my heart and over my mouth. But I want to choose to speak life. I want to be drawn towards the positive. You hear what I'm saying? God wants us to be a positive people. Some people don't come to church because all that they've heard is how negative it is. And all that the church has ever spoken about is what it's against. The church is against this. The church is against that. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to do the other. And yet, I want to say that there's a church that's arising, a prevailing church, and they're dotted all around the country, like us here. Different shapes and colours and dynamic. But they're just like us here. And they are for families. They are for multi-generation. They are for picking people up who makes mistakes and lifting them up again. They are for speaking grace and truth. And they're all around the country. They have the life of God in them. They love to have fun. They have to love to have laughter. They have lots of kids and lots of young people and they also have lots of mess. But this is the kind of church that God wanted to build, that God is building. And this is the church that will prevail across the nation and the nations of the world. And these kinds of churches, they speak life, and they don't speak death. As I close, in this whole sense of speaking life, I want to particularly say to these guys over here, I once heard this statement said of me, that said to me, that if you do not tell your kids who they are someone else will I'll repeat that again if you do not tell your kids who they are someone else will they'll say it in this playground they'll split say it on, 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 when they're on the street they'll say it as they're walking you, you, you get the p- we need to be guys Josh Helen and Palo you need to speak over your kids you need to speak blessing and encouragement you need to speak you know that they're amazing. That they're going to do great things in Jesus' name. You know, if they, if they want to be that great golfer, you can be that great golfer. They might not like golf, by the way, Josh, but you have to just deal with that, okay? And don't say, well, he will, it will be forced, because I was, just, I was just thinking about you with Judah and this whole thing, and, and both of you with sport and the love of sport and whatever. My uncle, who's an avid sports fan, he could not get his son into sport for love or money, just no interest. And I thought, well, I hope that isn't the case for them, because it wrecked him. And I don't want it to wreck you, but anyway, whatever, whatever they're in for, whatever they're in for, guys, just encourage. Them. And if it isn't golf, if it's racing car driving or whatever, I don't know, just encourage them in it. Are you hearing me? That's just speak blessing over their lives. You've got to tell the kids who they are. Tell the kids that they're loved and they're wanted, and that you're proud of them at whatever age. My dad recently said something to, to to me, and he is not here this morning, but he said something to me. I want to tell you, I felt like I was 30 foot tall. Because he just, you know, I'm not living for the approval of my dad. I'm a man myself. But just did this word of encouragement, just did something in my heart. Your kids are never too old to kiss and cuddle and hug. And by the way, if you're not kissing and cuddling, your, your kids, just give him a kiss and a hug. You need to start. Our kids need affection. We all need affection. I'm not going over the top, but just kiss them. I love it when Isaac, because in, in, he's the boy, runs out of school, the occasion is when I pick him up. He's not bad. He throws his bag down. All the other mates, so you can see there. But he just runs, jumps into my arms. I thought, I hope he keeps doing that when he's 16. I'll probably boom, boom, boom. Our kids need encouragement. I'll finish with this. Our words, your words, frame your future. You're forever speaking negatively about yourself. I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. I'm useless. I'm pathetic. That's your vocabulary. I'm asking you to just get hold of God's word in these verses. I'll email them to me if you want me to. For you to just read them again. Because those words, I want to tell you, if you speak those words, that's exactly what you'll become. It's not, this isn't like a, a, a seminar of positive thinking. But I want to tell you, our words frame our futures. And with our mouths, we prophesy our destiny. We prophesy what's going to happen in us and through us and to us. And I, for one, want my words To be filled. <laughs> okay. I thought you'd enjoy that. Some of you did and some of you didn't, but anyway. I want our words to be filled with life. I wonder if we bow our heads for a moment.